The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. One of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that time on he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him one after another, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas' betrayer said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. He answered, You have said so. The Gospel of the Lord. So the Gospel we hear today is part of the, the Palm Sunday Gospel reading of the Passion. And clearly we see Judas is the betrayer. You know, he goes, he says, what are you willing to give me? They give him the money. He's, he, it's, he's looking for an opportunity to hand him over. Okay, now he gets to the end here. Surely it's not me, teacher. And it's, it's such a pondering question. Why does he ask this? But it's, is it really that much of an odd question? Whenever we've gotten in trouble, who did this? It's what, it wasn't me, was it? It's, it's like this, it's this, this thing that was stuck in us where we don't want to be at fault even though we know we're at fault. We don't want it to be acknowledged even though maybe that's exactly what needs to be done. Now, I wonder if the deeper question is, again, these are would have, should have, could have, and they, they, they really don't matter, but what if Jesus, I mean, so his answer, you have said so. Sure, it's not I. Well, you said so. But what if he says, no, it's you, actually. Like, what if Jesus is like, nope, it's actually you, Judas. I know, because I'm God. Would Judas have acted differently? We don't know. But it seems apparent that as much as Mary's yes is essential for the conception of Jesus, Joseph's yes is essential for the protection of Mary, Simon, John, James, all the apostles, their yes is essential to, to give Jesus his apostles. Judas's yes to betrayal is essential for salvation. It's weird to consider it in that way. And so people will ask from time to time, like, should we pray for Judas? Yeah. 
Judas is a sinner like the rest of us. His sin is just a little more publicized. Yesterday we had the Chrism Mass in Fort Wayne and Bishop Rhodes had a, a beautiful homily regarding the four marks of the church, which are at the very end of the creed. One, holy, Catholic, apostolic. And he's specifically focused on one, which is also referred to as unity. He talked about the importance of the unity of the priesthood, the, the unity of the church, the unity of the faithful, and how we're, we're living in a time where there's not a lot of unity. There's actually a lot of separation. There's lots of division. In the next few days, this triduum, this pinnacle of our liturgical season, we're going to have a lot of people here, I pray, who probably haven't been here in a long time, or just show up when it's convenient. And that initial gut reaction could be something like, uh, you're in my pew. I don't know if you know this, but I'm here every week, and you're not, so skedaddle. That is probably not going to be the most hospitable reason that they want to return. Surely it's not I, Lord. Well, you said so. But the opportunity that's before us is paramount. And I want to just begin tonight. I want our prayer to not be for any of us, but for the people who are going to show up who haven't been here for a while that their hearts are softened so that they stay a little longer. Maybe they'll come and say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm here for Easter. I'll make it to Divine Mercy Weekend. Okay, life got hard. I'm just not going to go again. Let's just see if we can get them a little longer. Because we are. We're gonna, I, I pray that a lot of people are here that maybe haven't been or that only come, you know, when it's convenient. That they have an encounter with God in the, in the Triduum that just magnetizes them to want to return. So that's going to be our focus, our prayer, because because we're here, and I am grateful for you. But we need to pray for the ones who haven't been, and that their hearts are softened. And we should probably pray for ourselves that we not freak out if someone sits in our pew. Um, but that's what's before us. Who knows, again, what would have happened if Judas had gone a different way. It doesn't matter. What happened has happened. But who knows what happens if these people who haven't been here come back and they, and they keep coming back. That's not yet written. And our prayers can help them in that. So we're going to pray for the individuals who maybe are returning for the first time in a long time. That they are received and welcomed with loving arms. And that their hearts are softened in a way that they desire to keep coming back to encounter more of God.